Hello, I'm Justin Perkins, and this is Talk Junkie. Uh, let's get all the usual stuff out of the way. Um, if you want my books, uh, Creating the Perfect Slaves and Co Kingdom, they're available exclusively locally at the Red Spotted Link in Hazard, Kentucky, and that's where I'd prefer you prefer you to get them. Uh, they cost less there. They do ship. Um, but if you, for whatever reason, if they are out of stock, that could be the only excusable reason I can think of, uh, and you need a copy of the book, you can get the book from uh, Amazon.com. It is available for Amazon Prime shipping. Um, if you're looking to train martial arts, um, I think recent years in the UFC have showed uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that one of the most important forms of martial arts is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, it's one of the funnest things I've ever done, uh, and in doing it, I met some of the best people I've ever met in my life. So if you live in a local area uh, around eastern Kentucky and you would like to train, there's a lot of great schools out there. Uh, if you're looking for one in specific and you don't know who to contact, my recommendation far and away would be Chain Reaction BJJ in Hazard, Kentucky. Um, that's not a paid sponsorship. That's just me telling you. I know those guys personally. Uh, when I'm not on the road, I get to train with those guys. Um, the instruction is, is excellent. You've got a black belt that's very interactive. He's out of Lexington, Professor Rob Nickerson, but he comes down on a regular basis, interacts with his students on a regular basis. You want to send him a message and ask him a question, this guy's going to get in contact with you and tell you he is a great, great instructor. Uh, and there's great, great people at the local school. There's great people at all of the different locations. And, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of opportunity to train with a lot of different people. So check them out. That's Chain Reaction, BJJ, and Hazard. Well, actually, excuse me, in Knott County, Kentucky now. <clears throat> you can find them online. You can find the Red Spotted Newt online as well. Um, Today, we're going to talk about conversation and um i've done the death of conversation i've done a, a lot of these different things and it, it's just something that keeps coming up and it's something that i don't know i, I <laughs> it, it's kind of depressing and and i tried a little something um a lot of people know my disdain for social media but i tried a little something to kind of ask my I don't know. I, I tried something that would allow me to, to kind of see if the way I see things possibly could be true uh, with a little proof, a little uh, a little interaction with people. And uh, I wasn't exactly excited by what I seen, but uh, I don't know. It, uh, it it could be a reflection of of some element in the process, myself included or the people I generally interact with, but uh, let's take a little break and, and we'll, we'll try to discuss that. Greetings. We come in peace. Hello, everyone. I'm Goose. And I'm Cronkite. We want to invite everyone to tune in to Here to Chew Bubblegum. That's right. Here to Chew Bubblegum. We talk about UFOs, extraterrestrials, paranormal. Time travel, other dimension, you name it, we talk about it. Conspiracies, extra dimensions. The government, the government secrets, black projects. Everything. 
What, what, what don't we talk about? We talk about everything on Here to Chew Bubblegum. You can also check out our website, heretochewbubblegum.com. I love the act of sitting down with someone and just having a conversation. Conversation in general. Um, you know, how, how have you been? How have they been? How's the families? Um, you know, what what things have impacted their lives lately and, and what things have impacted yours and, you know, uh, a reconnecting of people and, and um, you know, just a general enjoyment of, of somebody's company. And I don't have a problem finding that conversation, to be honest with you. Uh, sometimes you may have trouble finding the time for those conversations, um, but I get to talk to friends, you know, fairly uh, frequently, and and I I work with a lot of people I consider friends, and and you know, I guess the the most honest way to say this is <clears throat> I have a lot of friends that are my age or a little bit older, and they still use the telephone and. Uh, it may be a cell phone, but we can still actually have conversations on the phone and we don't have to text. And Because that intimacy and, and that openness and, and, and that connection to me is, is not there in messaging or texting. It, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's not there. And I, I, at least through social media, I can kind of, they see what people who I don't get to have a conversation with frequently are still doing, uh, you know, things of that nature. Oh, excuse me. But the the real conversation that I miss and don't get to have very often is is challenging conversation. Conversation where ideals are presented and and looked at and examined and, and sometimes shot down and sometimes upheld and, and uh, sometimes argued for, sometimes argued against, um, and, and you can have a different opinion than someone, um, and, and you can It doesn't have to be a debate. It can simply be a conversation with opposing ideas, or it can be a conversation about similar ideals that actually involve intelligent conversation or conversation to where you have to be interactive and you have to think about the ideas being discussed. It's not hard to get people to discuss other people, but say there's a perceived issue in the world. I don't do good at the beating around. Let's look at, let's look at, um, say, LeBron James and and police brutality and things. I can get people to sit and tell you what a hero LeBron James is, and I can get people to sit and tell you what a villain LeBron James is, and I can get people to sit and tell you police brutality is bad, and I can get people to sit and tell you that police brutality is over exaggerated. <clears throat> what I can't get is people to sit and say, okay, these are the issues with police brutality. 
or these are the lack of issues with police brutality and what could be done to fix it or to if it to change the perception or you know the discussion of the actual issue because one thing that time history common sense have showed us is discussion of people and actions of those people change very little in most instances and that that that's basically to talk on on the the level of gossip or or criticism uh, uh but if you look at an issue itself first of all you take the personal aspect out of it if it is linked in any way to people who are viewed negatively or positively and you just look at the issue itself more often than not if an issue is resolved it is resolved in that manner it is resolved by dissecting it looking at it discussing it focusing on it in terms of it as an issue and not it as an entity representing the issue sometimes a person is the issue and i understand that and and you know it, it's obvious what i mean and it, it's obvious what the actions are required in order to obtain good conversation in that regard but as obvious as it is we don't do it we we don't do it at all I tried three different things. Um, there's enough people posting memes about things <clears throat> that are serious situations but are criticizing people who maybe done stupid things in those situations or maybe done positive things in those situations. And two years ago, really politically charged post or or really racially charged post and i don't think people understand sometimes that posts they make are racially charged i think they they look at but that's a different subject but but these posts of that nature got a lot of reaction they didn't get any conversation but they got a lot of reaction they got a lot of positive affirmations and and hey we we're with you we support you and they got a lot of I can't believe you and I'm unfriending you and I did you know they got a lot of those types of interactions very little conversation very few actual issues were addressed very few um, actual problems were solved uh, actually probably none and that shouldn't be where you look to solve your problems is on social media but where else are we going to have contact and interaction with people these days because it doesn't seem that we're getting that in our daily lives for the most part and that, that's people on average that's not everyone you may get that and it seems to me at least in my situation and where i'm at and and kind of the interactions i'm having that people have spent so many years in these fake discussions and then these tit for tat things on social media that People don't want to have serious discussions about real issues because they're afraid of the obvious. It's going to turn political or it's going to this and it's going to that because that's what they've seen. They've seen that degradation and that breaking down of communication 
over the years, and they don't believe it's possible to really have a conversation unless it's someone they're comfortable with who they feel somewhat feels the same exact way that they feel. If I spend my day discussing things with people who feel the same as I feel, in what way am I going to be able to challenge anything about myself? I know how I feel about most things right now. There's things I'm undecided on, things I'm unsure about, the, the facts aren't in, the statistics aren't there, but I fairly well know where I stand on a lot of issues. What I don't like is there's very little there conversation-wise to challenge me because, see, that's the excitement. The excitement is I can have a calm, rational discussion with someone. And no matter how strongly I think I feel about something, there's the possibility that I am wrong and that my mind can be changed. That's an exciting notion. The ideal that everything isn't fixed in, in, in my belief structure. I've always said beliefs are a dangerous thing, but we all have them, and it's inevitable. <clears throat> but how fluid and how flexible are your beliefs, and, and, and how comfortable are you in the challenging of those beliefs? It's, I don't know, it's one of those things that really gets me excited about sitting down with someone and talk, talking with them if it's someone I know can challenge my thought process. We may agree on 20 things. Then we can spend five minutes talking about those 20 things, and we may only disagree on one. Let's spend two hours discussing that one. Show me where you differ and why you differ and how you differ. And, and let me do it, vice versa. And and then at the end, if we we still remain on the same point of view we were on, that's fine. But we're better from the experience and our knowledge base is enriched from that conversation. I can go online and I can make a post about Joe Biden negative or positive, and I can get feedback, negative and positive. And I know what to say in each regard to get that response from particular viewpoints. And I can go and do the same thing with Donald Trump, with Harris, with Bush. It's, it's a fairly easy and simple formula. But what if I try to address the idea of almost every modern president, well, the idea of the last four bombing Syria. But I only want to talk about the bombing of Syria, their natural resources and why, they, why possibly this is happening, uh, the timing on it. You know, I want to look at that, but I don't want to say, hey, Man, screw Bush for bombing Syria. Hey, you know, why did Trump bomb Syria? Hey, why did Biden 
you know, he didn't let the dust settle on his election before he bombed. So he, if I say one of those things, I can get some interaction. But if I want to discuss the idea, the topic, the thought process of why are we bombing Syria? Not a pro or a, 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 an anti-stance. Why are we bombing Syria? Let's discuss this. Zero interaction. Now, it, it, it could be my friend group. It could be a, a lot of different things. I mean, there's ways to get conversation at all. I mean, at, at all times, it's just a matter of the audience. But it's still a matter of what type of conversation will you get. Um, if I say, well, CNN is fake news and, and they did this, this, and this, I can get a certain demographic <clears throat> To show support, to make comments, to not have conversation, but to make comments. That's easy to obtain. If I say, save lives and listen to experts in the news, not reality TV stars who happen to get elected, then I, in return, can get support and response and... I can get comments, but not conversation. Now, if I choose a story specifically, one that is not tied to Trump or Biden, one that's not tied to COVID or election, but specific instances of the media being false, purposefully inaccurate and lying. I may get a few comments of hey, uh, you know, Trump said it all along. Fake news. Or I def I'm definitely going to get some hashtag fake news. Definitely. I also may get some uh, some remarks coming from, let's say, the other point of view of that. What I more than likely won't get is specific conversation on that in itself. If it's not possible to discuss things without putting on a filter or a lens of Republican or Democrat, um, liberal, conservative, uh, whatever it may be, you know, uh, straight, queer. If, if we can't have a conversation not dependent on supporting rigid ideologies on each side, then, then how can we grow from those conversations? I've noticed that in, in years past, people would make posts. Uh, even political posts and, and Trump posts and anti-Trump posts. And, and when I would comment, I would have this big, long comment. And, and I, I would cite some examples or, or, or some situations or, or open up the possibility for multiple scenarios in this. And 
as a result, what I would get would just be the one-liners, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-this, anti-this, and that's it. Whatever the hashtags are for the day, that, that's kind of what I would get. And I noticed I would get no likes or interactions or replies specifically to me. Very seldomly, occasionally. And when I did, a lot of those sounded like very indoctrinated people. But I would try to engage them. And no matter how I tried to turn the conversation, or no matter how I tried to have a conversation, I kind of just got indoctrinated replies back. And even if I would give a little in the situation and go, okay, I'm probably wrong on that, but what about this? No, just indoctrination. Just, it, it, it's disheartening. And on the other hand, if I cut that down to a one-liner, whatever the hashtag of the day is, everybody's like, yeah, man, go for it. You know, no, no matter which side, this is not, this is not specific to one side of the argument or another. No matter how right-wing a post may seem to be, and no matter how right-wing the comments may seem to be, if you get on there and make a very perceivably left-wing response, that is the hashtag of the week, whatever it is, the saying of the day, um, then your interaction with that will be there. There'll, there'll be people that are pro and con. Just and, and even though you may not think the pro is going to be there, it, it will be. And, and I think that's very reflective of, of where we're at, that responding in those short hashtag-style sound bites and because we've gotten to a point where we like our beliefs and our ideals concise and um, quick and easy and, and just a good hashtag instead of a true point of view on things. And I think that a lot of people only believe hashtags and sound bites. I don't believe that they have fully developed beliefs and thoughts on situations. I believe that they only have hashtags on situations. And that may not seem like such a big deal, but we're in the middle of, like we are at all points in history. This is not new. It's not the end of the world. Times aren't drastically getting worse. Things are just a little bit different than they were yesterday, and that will always be true throughout the history of time. But um, we don't have very nuanced and quality conversations on the situations of the day. It's almost as if it's just a response of sound bites from media to politicians to people on social media. There's very little actual interactive discussion, and the divides that are caused by these current situations are only amplified by the lack of conversation that we have currently. It's weird. It's 
disheartening and it's hard to understand. But we don't have a lot out there in regards to journalism that really questions and challenges. Did we ever? Is, is that rose-colored glasses? Is that looking back favorably on the past? Did, did, did we ever have that? Did we ever have open discussion? Did we ever did we ever have truly um, truly good conversation? I believe we did. And I believe we still have the, the ability to do so. And I believe the vast majority of people would prefer it that way. I just believe that people with the loudest voices, people with the most time and effort put into social media and in media in general, don't don't have that desire and so that that voice isn't heard and represented as loudly. I think in regards to that that podcasting is the opposite. I think it shows a desire for long-form conversation. It shows a desire to explore and discuss ideas. And it gives me a lot of hope because that's where I hear a lot of the conversation that I hear. And it's being challenged. Um, It's being challenged challenged daily. Um, You know, other forms of media, Vice, Vice likes to do hit pieces on people um, and not really look at ideals and situations and, and have conversations. They, they like, you know, a good Instagram tagline that'll get them some attention and it doesn't really matter if they actually discuss the issue in the article. But it's not just them. A lot of people are just them. I, I pick Vice because Vice is one of those news organizations that I had a lot of hope for and I had a lot of respect for and I enjoyed a lot, uh, especially in the early days. And still do enjoy some of the stuff they do immensely. Um, But it's not one person, it's a collective there. And, and, you know, it's going to be different ideals and different approaches to things. But uh, I'm going to give you an example of something that, There was a post. I'm not going to say who who made it or if if it was an individual. There was just a post, and the post was about our current social climate in regards to. Let me say. The more ambiguous I am with that, maybe the more it it benefits the principle. Let's just say we had this post and it's about a serious topic. I go and I look at the responses. It's very, it, there's a picture with the post and it, it's really a very complicated picture because it says so much about the situation at that particular time with that particular incident, and it show, it says a lot about our situation as a, a society and a country. 
and I go to the comments, and it's a mix of pro this and anti that, and very little discussion. A lot of sound bites, uh, a lot of little quick hashtag stuff, a couple of falsely reused data points from both sides, but <clears throat> no one ever says, hey, what caused this situation and how do we going forward practically and sensibly and fairly and honestly discuss, view, interact, and change? Very little of that. All just short one word answers, you know, one little something very quotable. This <clears throat> post wasn't about a specific person. It was about a specific situation. Almost all of these replies made it about a specific person. Now, don't misunderstand me. If someone is a vile, useless, pathetic person, and you disagree with them vehemently, and a conversation is arose about them, it's human nature. I'm going to say, well, I feel this about so-and-so and that about so-and-so. But if I want to really get anything out of it, the best thing for me to do is go ahead and get that out of my system. That's fine. But then come back with an okay this person may be good or bad, whatever they may be, but this is the situation and this is the issue. And what can we look at in improving this situation or this issue? That's how you make a productive move to improve something. That's not revolutionary. That's not groundbreaking. It's not an original ideal of my own. Um, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, you know, um, what was her quote about discussing ideas instead of people? Whatever it is, look it up because I have no memory. But it, it's not an original thought of my own. It's just what I see in, in the world, and I'm blown away by it. But back to, back to this, this story. <clears throat> We've looked at this serious issue, and, and there's no responses, no nothing here. I'm going down, I'm going down. Ah, classic NWA wrestling. There's a picture of this guy, Arn Anderson, original member of the Four Horsemen, a guy that's not been an active wrestler, to my knowledge, since the 90s. He's injured, can't wrestle. He's part of one of the largest groups in wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And, you know... I see as I'm scrolling by the number of comments. In comparison to this other post, massive. I go in and, and I look and it's big, long. You know, Arn did this and Arn did that and shame on Arn for this or glory be to Arn for that. And huge. I mean, what one guy had to write, I don't know what the limit is on Facebook, but if there's a limit for a comment, he had to get really close to this limit. And I look at this, and, and there's 
people disparaging this man, people praising this man. There's people going, hey, you know, he did do this negative thing, but maybe it was because of th There's actual discussion about a guy who plays a character in a fictitious sporting event of which he has not participated in in at least excess of 20 years in, in, in a competitive standpoint. And th there's discussion about him as a real person, about the end. Look, it, it's not people sitting down and working out the path of human travel into the cosmos as time moves forward. Not by any means. It's simply a conversation about something that people love and that they are passionate about. And I look at this, and, and there's ones I think are funny, and there's ones I think are, are nice, and I make no comment because I have nothing to say about it. But I look at it, and I think for a moment, you know, there it is. That, that's, there's that that desire to converse and, and you know, <clears throat> it, it's still there, but it's a little easier to do it because it's, it's not about politics. It's not about, it's not about things that you could be called bad things for. Cause see, if you want to sit down and discuss most of the major topics of the day, there's a certain response that is expected of you by the media and by a certain, especially cancel culture, but a certain group of people. Any deviance from that statement is going to be viewed as a negative. That is to say, okay, if... <clears throat> You look at something and say, okay, well, this particular police shooting was definitely inexcusable, and blah, 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 blah. But in this case, this other case, that's not the situation. Maybe law enforcement was in the right in one and not in the other. That's not an acceptable point of view. Even if it's factual, even if it's common sense, even if it's pertinent to the conversation because we have to start looking at maybe it's an issue of personnel and not the ideal of policing. I don't know. Whatever it is. You, you, you can't have that conversation. Now, you can get on a post saying Arn's a bad dude and say he's a good dude and you're not going to lose your job and they're not going to dox you on the internet. And <clears throat> For as much as I want there to be true open quality conversation on these topics. I also have to understand that a certain group of people trying to prevent that conversation. And I have to look and say, is it a lack of desire to have the conversation? Or is it a fear of having the conversation? Because having the conversation could have serious repercussions financially, socially, 
uh, marriage-wise. I've seen an article about a woman who left her husband because of the way he failed about something, and I saw an article, if it's true, about a man who left his wife because of her political leanings. It, it, I don't think that that's wrong. If you really disagree with someone, how, you know, how do you, if, it, if it's that adamantly, if you just disagree to that level, don't stay together. It's fine. I, I understand it. In all honesty, it should be acceptable. It's the probably the responsible thing to do if it's to a level at which it's detrimental to you personally. But we we're creating a culture that does not resolve things through intelligent conversation because we're allowing a culture to be created that doesn't value intelligent conversation. It only values complete and total compliance with an ideology. That's not a new thing at all. Um, everyone's favorite um, scapegoat and you know, if somebody's bad, everybody immediately wants to compare them to Hitler. Um, you know, being compared to Hitler should be reserved for people who are truly monsters like Hitler, not to every single person who wants to do something a little bad. But there really was no opportunity for discussion and opposing thoughts with Hitler, with Mussolini, even more so with Mao. With the current situation in Russia and Putin, you can say a little bit, but if you say too much, you know, Russia is simply coming out of an era where you couldn't say anything into an era where you just can't say anything about Putin. Maybe that's progress. I don't know. It doesn't look or feel like progress, but as a whole and the ability to discuss things, Maybe there's more things now you can discuss than you could before. Maybe it is in some way progress. I, I don't know. Um, but the ideal is to open up conversation, to allow for criticism. You know, and, and it's important to discuss uncomfortable things. So let's discuss something uncomfortable. Let's look at the capital value. Okay. Do I believe that what happened at the Capitol riots is in any way good? Not do I have a political take one way or the other, but do I think that there's anything good to come out of the Capitol riots? Yes. It shows that if threatened, if need be, not only is the ability to assemble and protest there, but the willingness of Americans to stand up and take on a government they find unjust. Now, do I think there's anything wrong with the Capitol Hill riots? <clears throat> yes. I think it was misinformed. 
I think it was antagonized and, and laid on and stoked on by Trump, Trump Jr., Giuliani, a lot of people who, who probably shouldn't have been listening to and probably should have never elected to any position. They were doing it in a lot of senses out of being misinformed. They were doing it under inaccurate circumstances. And it done two things. One, it wasted that card if we ever need it, that we will stand up to the government. We'll charge government buildings. We'll charge Capitol Hill if things get bad enough. It burnt that card. If that was a get-out-of-jail-free card, it wasted it. And it put a negative connotation on gatherings of that type in that arena in this time period. And it gave them a negative connotation where they should have a positive connotation. See, that's discussing those events. The pros, the cons, looking at it both ways. To be even more provocative, let's look at Black Lives Matter protests. It appears to me that Antifa was very much involved with Black Lives Matter. And anyone wants to sit down and do a deep dive on the history of Antifa and discuss it, I'd be more than happy to. Um Antifa's often infiltrated and very highly populated with anarchists and communists. Openly, but the Antifa interaction in these protests negatively impacted the BLM influence on these protests. And so you had people standing up and trying to have their voice heard for a good cause. And negative connotations were put on it by anarchists rioting in the streets and stealing. And, <clears throat> and of course, a lot of criminals showed up so that they could get in on free stuff and looting and rioting, just like I'm sure a lot of criminals showed up just so they could break into Capitol Hill. So we could sit down without discussing Trump or a cop or a victim without looking at George Floyd or why even say the guy that shot his name? I, I don't I don't remember what his name was. Um, without looking at Floyd's actual history and without looking at the cops' actual history, without discussing them at all, we could actually sit down and discuss the situation, discuss the ideal. But that's dangerous territory. Especially if you're a political figure or a public figure, that's dangerous territory. Of course, if you're a, po- a political figure, that should be your job is to attack those societal restrictions and say, hey, I'm going to discuss the things that are hard to discuss. But if you're a private person with a Facebook account who works a job every day and you've got family and friends and maybe you part of a PTO or something, you have to be very careful what you post and what you say even if you're just looking for conversation. Because you're not following the right storyline and you're not giving the right responses, it could be detrimental to you. And that fear and that circumstance is very impactful on how conversations are conducted online. 
And me from four years ago would have said, well, you know, have those conversations in real life. Don't even waste your time having those conversations online. But the simple truth of the matter is most people in today's time, the most interaction they get is online. In a lot of cases, because they can't avoid it, because of work, family, this, that. Anybody outside of their immediate circle that they're going to have any interaction with is going to be online. And I look now and I see the power and the possibility in that platform. Even though I don't embrace it, it's not something that I really use in those regards. It's there. But if, if the ability and the freedom and the safety of having those conversations taken away, it just becomes a 24-hour-a-day propaganda machine. It just becomes the news. And it has no real value. I hear people talking all the time, but man, you know, the two things I, I really hate to hear the most is the world's going to crap, man. It's just getting worse. And and I'll have to go back to the good old days. I don't ever want to move backwards. I want to progress and move forward. If you can find a positive in something that used to exist that doesn't now, fight to bring that back. Use conversation to get that back, to get it noticed, to get it talked about, to get it discussed. Because through discussion, action generally follows. And through discussion, you have the ability to change someone's mind. Attack and propaganda and hashtags and sound bites are not going to change people's mind. You will the weak-minded, I mean, no doubt. But those people are going to be so easily influenced, they're going to flip-flop every day. There's no way to control them. But you, you, you could get people who, who feel a different way than you. Maybe could see things your way. Maybe you could see some things that they see their way. So don't, don't look at how great the world used to be in this one isolated moment in time that's only specific to you. Because I assure you, many things in the past are worse for much more people. So look at it intelligently and rationally. If there's something that really has societal value that's gone, try to have the discussions to bring it back. Because that discussion can lead to action. And for all of you that think the world is going to hell in a handbag, Look at poverty rates. Not country per country, because, you know, if we're looking at California, I don't know what to tell you. But that's a different discussion. But I mean in general. Let's look at world poverty. So the world starvation. Let's look at the ability to read worldwide. Let's look at murder worldwide. Let's look at death due to disease worldwide. Let's look at all these factors that would be negative impacts and negative markers on existence, and look at how much better they are. Statistically, you're living in one of the safest, healthiest, best times to exist. That's including COVID. Numbers are numbers. They don't follow political bias. Statistical fact is still statistical fact. You're not living through a lot of other times and periods in history that were much worse than this. So if the world's getting so much worse, why is there so many positives coming from it? 
I'll admit, it feels worse, sounds worse, looks worse. Some people will look at a negative situation that happened in a positive light that's getting shined on it now to where we're saying, hey, this should never happen again, and say, well, the world's going to hell in a handbag. No, we're, we're becoming more aware and more conscious as a society. But not everybody. A lot of people are still just one-trick ponies. There's not really a whole lot more to say. I mean, hopefully what you'll take from this is at least the time. Look at your news feed. Think about how you interact with people. And say, hey, you know, conversation does have a value. And I see the positives and the impacts it can make. And let me make that effort to once a day, once a week, once a month, to personally have that conversation with someone to sit down and go, hey, let's talk about economy. But let's not talk about Republican and Democrat. Let's, let's talk about actual issues in the economy. Let's talk about health. Let's not talk about what country has what uh, because of their political party. Let's sit down and talk about what forms of health care certain people use, what people really need in terms of health care, and, and what's possible, and not make it a political issue. Let's sit down and, and talk about situations of police violence. Let's not talk about what Republicans say and what Democrats say. Let's Let's not talk about what uh, police activists say and, and what what um, NAACP says. Let's, let's sit down and let's talk about the actual interaction. What what are the possible answers? So we want to live in a world without cops. Does less funding make policing better? Does more funding and higher expectation make policing? Look at individual cases, and let's actually look at the cases. Let's actually look at the facts, and not look at the spin or, or picking one side or the other. Just look at the case and the facts and the individuals and look at it from that. Is every case the same? Cop always wrong? The victim always wrong? The victim not always a victim? Is the cop sometimes a victim? Do those things where you have those discussions with people. People you respect, people you like. But then also have to take the time to put those conversations out, out on Facebook, out on Instagram. Ignore the replies that are purely political and skeptical and this and that. Look at actual heartfelt replies. Even if you don't agree with them, even if you don't believe the same way, people who took the time to give you a real response, look at that response. Try to see that response from that perspective. Because, see, that's a large part of conversation. A large part of conversation is not just getting to say what you want to say, but taking the time to listen to what's been said and to giving that some respect and, and, and to trying to see that point of view. No matter how foreign to you it is, no matter how hard it may be for you to believe or feel that way, at least trying to see it. That makes a huge difference.
conversation can make a huge difference. My favorite conversations I've had are with my kids. I was a young, young kid when I married my wife, met my daughter. Um, she was two years old when she first came into my life. And I knew nothing about being a father. And I tried to influence her growing up to see things my way and think my way. And that, that was, it, it was installing influence only. Now, she got older, I got older. And I grew as a person, and she grew as a person. And then I tried to have no influence. And just be like, hey, I want her to think for herself, do for herself. And I tried that for a while. And I look now at my son. My daughter's 22. My son's 10. I have conversations with my son. I sit down and I look at, at situations, and I try to have conversations with him, and and sometimes I'm overly vocal about my beliefs, and, and I feel bad about that as I go forward, and I try to do less of that. But a lot of times I try to just be like, how do you feel about it? And let's look at this from both points of view. And I'll see him get a lot of things, especially YouTube and things like that, and it's very superficial stuff, things like video game stuff. Well, this video game was awful, and this is because this is what one guy said. And I, I try to sit down and have a conversation with him where I'm able – to maybe offer an alternate view and show him how different people can see things differently. It's all possible because of my daughter. Because even though she wasn't a willing participant, she allowed me to grow and understand how you interact with your kids. I'm very fortunate. She's a very intelligent woman. Uh, I don't believe much of that came from me. She's strong-willed. She's opinionative but she's not over the top most of the time with her beliefs. And there's been times where I've believed things and she's went, hey, you know, that's not really fair of you to say that. You shouldn't look at that that way. And she's questioned me and challenged me, and I've realized she's right. I don't know where she got that from. It wasn't from me because I was just totally trying to influence her completely. And then I got to a point where I didn't like things she said and believed and done, and I was like, man, the best thing to do is just not interact because I don't want to make her mind. I don't want to hurt her feelings, and I don't. But she'll hurt your feelings. She'll say things that you probably don't want to hear, and I'll do that. I've done that with everybody else in my life except her, and I respect that. But she does it with a little more subtlety, subtlety than I do sometimes because she will challenge what you believe if it's not what she believes. But I've never seen her to a point to where I felt like she was so dead set on a belief, a real belief, an important belief, that I couldn't discuss something with her or say something to her. So I guess my recommendation would be wherever, wherever you're at in life with your kids, let those discussions be the first ones you make. I have discussions with my wife all the time. I have discussions with very close friends all the time. Not as much as I'd like to, but a lot. But I'd like to see more of a social discussion. And maybe it's out there. I mean, I look at a couple of the groups I belong to on Facebook, and there's definitely discussion in there. There's protected spaces, but there's discussion in there. 
really believe that true discussion solves so many of our problems. Hey, uh, don't suck. Don't die. Be good, though.